Why many Americans want to secede from progressivism. Psst, just look at the Bidens. Progressives are variously amused, baffled, or outraged by talks percolating around the internet about secession, viewing it as not only impracticable, but also wacky. If, however, leftists would take just a few moments from their narcissistic, navel-gazing search for their authentic selves, which often involves strange sexual preoccupations, to really listen to conservatives, maybe they could understand why many conservatives no longer want to live under the progressively tyrannical rule of progressives who self-identify as open-minded, tolerant, and compassionate, even as they seek to destroy fundamental rights and institutions. Compared to the legal recognition of same-sex unions as marriages, double mastectomies on healthy teen girls who wish they were boys, neo-vaginas for men forged by turning their penises inside out, and drag queen story hours for toddlers in public libraries, secession sounds not only sane, but like a breath of fresh air after living chained to a wall in a miasmic cave for decades. Maybe progressives are furious about the quixotic idea of secession because it would mean a place would exist where they couldn't control the dissemination of ideas or the indoctrination of children. Maybe they're enraged at the prospect of a country where imperfect, unwanted humans have a right to exist. Maybe the existence of people anywhere on the planet who hold moral views that progressives can't abide turns their stomachs. Well, except for the Chinese Communist Party, whose moral views leftists overlook as they eagerly collude with the CCP for fun and profit. Maybe leftists are just angry at the mere thought of not having conservatives to kick around anymore. There's no better illustration of all that's wrong in America, all that has led to both the rise of populism and increasing calls for secession, than the tale of Hunter Biden and the collusion that covered up the Biden crime family's enduring influence peddling, until, that is, after the electors met on Monday. It's a tale of stunning and yet utterly commonplace corruption, hypocrisy, deceit, elitism, deep state bureaucratic rule, influence peddling, greed, sexual immorality, and the corrosive effects of the collusion of big tech and the fourth estate to promote leftism. Many have long known that Hunter Biden was kicked out of the military and lived a sexual life as irresponsible and unethical as his professional life. Well, if leeching off his father's career can be considered a profession. I knew he had been married and had three children with his first wife. I knew he began a sexual romantic relationship with his deceased brother's widow shortly after his brother died. I knew that while he was in a relationship with his brother's widow, he had a fling with a stripper from a strip club he frequented that produced a child whom Hunter denied was his until paternity testing proved otherwise. And I knew he married yet another woman who gave birth to his fifth child. What I didn't know was the whole story about his military history. So, once upon a time, there was a 43-year-old man who decided he wanted a direct commission into the U.S. Navy Reserve, which is a little-known entry point to get into the military. According to one man who pursued this route, it's mostly done for doctors, nurses, and dentists, but age 40 is pretty much the brick wall for those outside of those disciplines, end quote. Wikipedia explains a direct commission in more detail that warrants some attention in light of the background of the hapless character at the center of our story. From Wikipedia, I quote, 
A direct commission officer is a United States uniformed officer who has received an appointed commission without the typical prerequisites for achieving a commission, such as attending a four-year service academy, a four-year or two-year college ROTC program, or one of the officer candidate school or officer training school programs. Civilians who have special skills that are critical to sustaining military operations, supporting troops, health and scientific study may receive a direct commission upon entering service, end quote. The problem was our hapless middle-aged man was three years past the permitted age of 40, and he had a prior drug-related incident. In addition, he had none of the usual special skills direct commission officers have. In fact, he had few skills other than lobbying and living parasitically off his father's connections. His first job out of law school in 1996 was with a banking holding company that was, quote, one of the largest donors, end quote, to Joe Biden's U.S. Senate campaign. Hunter's salary that year was over $100,000 with a signing bonus. Within two years, he was bored and done with practicing law, so it was time for Biden to find another one of his father's connections to latch on to. That connection was William Daly, a name with which all Chicagoans are familiar. In a 2019 profile in The New Yorker, one of the beneficiaries of Hunter Biden's earmarking skills, which go back decades, said that Hunter had, quote, a very strong last name that really paid off in terms of our lobbying efforts, end quote. And then there is this fascinating tidbit. Well, fascinating at least to many unconnected deplorables, and I quote from the article, By the mid-2000s, a growing number of lawmakers were criticizing earmarking as a waste of taxpayer money and a boon to special interests. Hunter was concerned about his future as a lobbyist, and his financial worries increased in 2006 when he bought a $1.6 million house in an affluent neighborhood. Without the savings for a down payment, he took out a mortgage for 110% of the purchase price, end quote, and wowzer. His life of leeching and lobbying continued until he decided one day that what he really wanted was some kind of military honor, but one that didn't require any actual sacrifice or service. The problem was the honor he sought would require multiple extraordinarily difficult-to-come-by exemptions for his advanced-age drug history and complete absence of requisite skills. Fortunately, he did have a special skill just for a situation like this. He knew how to ply the unctuous trade of feeding off connections, and by now, his connections were really big connections. His father, the prevaricator and plagiarist Joe Biden, was the vice president of the United States. Joe Biden had the honor of administering his son's commissioning oath in a White House ceremony. For one glorious month, Hunter Biden served his country by acting as a public affairs officer. Mostly, he went to Norfolk, Virginia once a month and did a weekend of service. Sadly, after all that arduous string pulling, he was discharged a month after his service started when a urinalysis revealed cocaine which Hunter Biden claimed was a result of smoking a cigarette borrowed from a friend that must have been laced with cocaine. Yeah, that's the ticket. A borrowed cigarette laced with cocaine. I guess he's learned some other skills from dear old dad.
Now that the cognitively impaired Joe Biden has almost been ensconced in the sanctuary White House where no implacable reporters can access him and knowing the contents of Hunter's infamous laptop will become known, the disinformationists at CNN, The New York Times, and Jeff Bezos' Washington Post feel it's the perfect time to say, but ho, Hunter Biden appears to have been on the take. Who knew? The Bidens are dishonest, inept, unethical profiteers, and the mainstream press, Facebook overlord Mark Zuckerberg, Twitter's otherworldly emperor Jack Dorsey, and CNN's Jeff Zucker and his stable of minions run cover for them. I know secession sounds crazy, but many Americans do not want to live in a country where neither they nor their children have free speech, the right to exercise their religion freely, or the right to bear arms. They don't want to live in a country where they can't publicly say that homosexual acts are morally repugnant acts, that marriage is a sexually differentiated union, that cross-sex hormones and mastectomies don't turn women into men, or that men have no right to participate in women's sports or be present in women's locker rooms. They don't want to live in a country where the state may legally appropriate children from their parents if those parents won't participate in and facilitate the fiction that their children are the sex they aren't. And they don't want to live in a country where their hard-earned money is taken by the government and used to slaughter tiny defenseless humans. I know, I know, secession is too complicated. But a girl can dream about letting the tyrants go their own way and create their own hellhole untouched by rationality and morality. Maybe if they were to live for a time in the anarchical, debauched dystopia for which they long, they might come around to moral sanity. And until that time, the rest of us would be free people once again.